top up on wizard oil and nightfin soup, it's time to cast magic. In this episode, we'll be expanding on last week's content, breaking down core character abilities, combat style, stealth, puzzles, and more for the dragon and I. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Cast Magic. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I am Dark Magic. Uh, we covered a little bit of who I am in the last episode, so if you didn't check that, um, I'm the producer, designer, and main story editor for the Dragon and I project. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Last week's episode, a little bit longer than uh, anticipated, and there were just a couple of corrections that I needed to make um, just based on the content that I did cover in that episode. Um, not that I'm hoping uh, it you know, wasn't, wasn't sort of a, a cry out for more friendship online, um, but uh, I did mention that I can be found on a number of platforms under the name Dark Magic. Uh, I just wanted to make the quick correction that uh, on Xbox Live I'm actually It's Dark Magic, so... That, that's the, you know, it's not just Dark Magic like it is on some of the other platforms. On Battle.net, it is Dark Magic uh, with the uh, hashtag uh, 11121. That's my, that's my user handle. Um, so we'll get into the thick of the content um, covered in the opening. Uh, last week, I was just covering who I am, uh, who I am to the project, uh, you know, my background, and just a quick overview of the project, which we will be expanding on Um during the body of this week's uh, episode. Now, I did mention in that previous episode that it was meant to be a, quote, short episode, and it ended up running uh, about 50 minutes. Um, we're probably going to be at a, around about that length for this one as well, uh, but I hope to be a bit more specific about the content that I am covering. Um, yeah, so core core gameplay loops. Um, try Just try and cover as much of, you know, expanding on that sort of basic pitch that I threw together. Um, and if you didn't tune into last week's episode, because this one had a bit more of an enticing title, seemed a bit more relevant, uh, sort of the, the elevator pitch for the dragon and I is that we've got two playable characters, um, and I guess if I had to compare it to some other sort of game, imagine a Zelda-like adventure game where you've actually got, you know, not just a, a Link-like hero sort of character, but you've also got, uh, you know, like a Zelda-type companion, you know, someone who who that character befriends and and sort of with their companionship go through and and save the world together sort of thing. Um, being able to control both characters, um, having an AI-powered uh, companion for, you know, when, when you're not playing um, either Alec or Irian, uh, who are the two main characters for this game project. Um, and, you know, we're, we're looking to make sure that that doesn't really make it feel like an escort mission. We want these characters to feel quite alive. And so we're going to be talking today about sort of the... Um, you know, the core move set of the game, uh, the things that you'll be doing as a player in and out of combat. I want to cover as much as possible this this episode so that, um, you know, I can give the quickest and, and clearest impression of the game. Um, I was sort of fumbling a little bit with, with my words and, and ideas in the last episode since, um, you know, this is all still a very new format for me. Um, and it was probably... Probably pretty clear from last week's episode, but um, just just to sort of have it out there, 
um, for confirmation's sake, uh, the way that this is being recorded, um, other than the sort of break loops that get sort of added in, uh, this is essentially all being um, sort of uh, non non script, you know, totally off script um, format for this podcast. Uh, very conversational, um, just sort of getting my thoughts out there. Um, you know, being being topical and conversational, covering the game, covering things things of interest, um, but but essentially that there there is no script for for this podcast. Um, I've got a couple of notes in front of me just to ensure that I cover the main things that I set out to cover for uh, each episode. But in general, um, it's all coming out just sort of you know speaking my mind and and ensuring that um, you know the, these these are sort of kind of long contiguous cuts of of audio so um i do you know if i do stumble stumble at any point um i'll do my best to sort of when i when i pass through for the quick edit before this is uploaded uh, just ensure that most of that is cut out from now on to keep it a bit more concise where possible uh, but uh, I, I find reading from a script isn't very genuine. I find that I'm not going to discover uh, the meaning and purpose of, of what I want to cover in this content through just sort of um, writing down longer than dot point notes and stuff like that. So uh, do bear with me while I get into the rhythm of um, this format of, of discussion. Uh, I'm just sort of learning it as I go along, as, as with quite a few of the things that I need to um skills that i'm developing um as the game itself is is being developed as i mentioned in last week's episode as well we do have an email address set up for the podcast um this may be a repository for uh just sort of game related and law related questions uh later on once we're sort of um up in the crowdfunding sort of thing as i alluded to last episode before the time being um any feedback would be appreciated uh, so if you want to shoot your thoughts over to podcast at darkmagicgames.com uh we will read through uh that information um if you can just sort of include in the in the uh the heading i suppose uh what episode your feedback may pertain to if there was a certain uh, element from one of these initial episodes that you felt uh, needed a bit of tweaking or something you really liked you know the format you know perhaps say comparing this one to last week's episode um although that might be a bit of a cop-out because i know that um uh, last week like i said it was teething sort of thing uh, i think we'll get into a, a smoother rhythm when i'm actually starting to sort of discuss the game proper so we will get into that now um without sort of further delay uh so last week i sort of you know gave that basic overview um of the game uh, just sort of lightly touching on the idea of having two playable characters um having two very unique and and different skill sets between them um and also i just sort of dabbled a little bit in this idea that um the world and the lore that's sort of been built around the game, or rather, you know, what encouraged it to become a game from, you know, what what, what could have uh, transformed into, into some other sort of work of fiction, um, how that's relating back to the mechanics that we've actually uh, crafted. Um, and so we'll, we'll cover that today uh, without spoiling anything in particular. And the reason we want to do that is because... Um, essentially everything that's that's being discussed today uh, we hope to have in some kind of working format uh, at least the the loop you know the, the combat loop related stuff uh, the teamwork related stuff we want to have that in a a working prototype format for the upcoming uh, technical test demo so this this demo that we're referring to 
will just be more so a showcase of the gameplay loops themselves. Um, it will not be an indication of uh, graphical style for the game or, you know, music or, you know, or, or any of that sort of stuff. It will just essentially be uh, what is referred to as sort of uh, grey boxed levels. So levels that have, you know, a sort of particular path and and um, design to them, but uh, won't, you know, it won't be super polished. It'll be in such a way that you will essentially be able to visualize, you know, you might look into a certain um, part of the map or you approach like, you know, a certain area and you'll be like, yeah, this is probably like going to be some sort of uh, settlement or, you know, this is clearly a mountain pass or, or that sort of thing. Um, you know, there will be There'll be some texturing there. There'll be some, you know, 3D modeling and that sort of thing. But uh, the grey box in in terms of prototyping in, in game design is kind of like a, it's 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 function before form. Um, you know, uh, this this will be sort of the closest I'll allow to sort of raw, um, you know, sort of raw examples of the game project that I want people to uh, be playing and experiencing. And the only reason we are doing that is. Um, as I mentioned in last last episode, there are a certain couple of elements about the core gameplay loop, especially with regards to the combat system, that could be presented in a number of ways that still uh, supports our, uh, you know, sort of one of the design pillars of this game, which is essentially that, you know, the story informs the gameplay. You know, the, the characters come from these certain paths, they come from these certain realms with you know, various magical affinities, combat experience, etc., etc., And we're trying to gamify these aspects of character so that, you know, you're not just told what a character is capable of. You you will feel what, what this character is capable of through their through their ability sets. So, you know, but that but that can be uh, some of these concepts can be imagined and, you know, sort of iterated on, still sort of meeting that foundation um you know mandate for us the designers but you know some ways may be fun you know more fun than others sort of thing so what we want to do is before we sort of work on uh sort of what, what's referred to as a vertical slice where it's you know it's it's more so very pretty demo you know covers all the gameplay covers all that sort of thing you know we, we want to sort of settle on you know is this the way to sort of the direction we want to head to start polishing up certain abilities certain limitations of character as well um because it is a largely pve game game balance isn't something that has to be on this razor edge you know like in multiplayer type games we do like the idea of your character slowly ramping up in power and and feeling you know more and more interesting and awesome to play um but again you know how do we represent that you know do we just let you gain extra slots in this ability or do we let it mutate this way you know that sort of thing haven't quite decided on yet so we, we want to decide on that together get some sort of feedback because uh, in a lot of cases when you're doing these prototypes it's all interesting to the designer like you know as long as it works and functions and doesn't glitch out it's all pretty fun you know so we'll we'll extend that decision making process um to the listeners and and to people who are supporting the project so that's what we want to talk about today we want to talk about the the the, the very core gameplay that will be in um this particular technical test demo that we've been referring to but it is also you know probably 80 90% of what you'll be doing 
in the actual game game proper as well. So where to begin? Um, I suppose uh, one thing that we will quickly touch on before I get into the very literal components is is sort of the game world itself. Um, I haven't talked too much about it. Um, I would say that it's a you know it's like I said it's it's sort of semi Zelda esque in in how it plays and that sort of thing. Uh, so we are dealing with a world that is a sort of fantasy technology uh, sort of level. You know your, your sword fighters, your bandits, your, your dragons, obviously as as you know per per the title suggestion. But um, that plays it. You know I think it's important to to basically put out there that in this game you've got characters that have sort of abilities beyond, you know, like your, your typical human being, you know, you might have some stuff that, uh, you know, fireballs and, you know, being able to walk through walls and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, without, without sort of being too specific about that now, it's important to understand, um, as we step into the first thing that I wish to cover, which is the anatomy of AI enemies. Um, every character in this game, uh, that that is a is a character that you'll be interacting with, um, in addition to you know their character faction, what creature type they are, you, you know, like your 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 Pokemon sort of, you know, are they a grass type? Are they from this place? Are they from that place? Sort of sort of thing. Every character, whether they're a human being, uh, a giant, uh, a spider, uh, you know, a pack of wolves, that sort of thing. Every character in the game, and in, in the way that they've been designed in the back end of this game, um, have a set of universal features that I'm just going to refer to as natures and abilities. So, um, without getting into the fluff of it too much, imagine um, uh, every character is going to have up to two natures, so two sort of um, personality slash passive uh, features to their um, design as well as their ability and and by ability I mean you know not just running around and and swinging a weapon sort of thing but you know they may have something that's like a, a particularly special element of their character so uh, for example something like a wizard may have a um you know a, 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 an ability you know like a like a fireball or something like that and that would that would sort of essentially uh, inhabit the the ability slot that i'm referring to here sort of thing so um if we want to sort of compare it to some other sort of game um if you sort of think of like um you know say like in league of legends and and mobas and stuff like that the characters that, that the players use the champions they often have um a passive um feature or talent or something like that they'll have some sort of passive ability that's just uh, an always on sort of ability and then they'll have you know four or five um actual ability slots that they, that they level up and, and that sort of thing so if you want to think about that sort of context um instead think of you know every character in this in this game world having sort of two uh passive modules to how they're designed for their character profile and these are referred to as their natures um as well as having kind of like a you know maybe, maybe think of it more of like an an ultimate ability or, or sort of core ability that's that's just referred to as their you know as their active ability sort of thing so talk talking about this you know they're they're called natures they're they're sort of um 
they're a little bit more nebulous than actual passives though so they they we're referring to them as natures because they're not really they're not really related to the character's class or or, or creature type or or even or even faction affinity or anything like that they're kind of more relating to sort of expressing elements of their ai personality of of who they are as a person in some kind of mechanical format so you might have something like um like you know anxious or something could be a nature where the actual passive effect of that is that the enemy is um you know harder to sneak up on perhaps you know say that this you know anxious characters have a slightly different uh, awareness level uh, in terms of how their AI works and in terms of their combat sort of thing, you know, they might be harder to sneak up on because they're because they're nervous and you know they're the sort of you know checking over their shoulder or or that sort of thing, um, and and it might also mean that they that they might react faster than a um, you know say a stern or a or a or maybe even cautious you know like sort of changing that wording again. So you know you might have something that's like cautious, which again increases perhaps their range of vision but doesn't make them as easy to you know take their actions or something like that and maybe an anxious character how their ai works um you know they they may act sort of quicker have a quicker response time to other enemy types but you know they may have a lower chance to hit with their weapon or or you know like their their animations may be a bit more uh, wild or that sort of thing so in in the last episode i very quickly said that we were going to talk about the anatomy of of an ai so when i'm talking about these abilities and when i'm talking about natures and actives it's not it's not just how you understand when you look at a character when you look at that wizard and say oh he's he's anxious and he's got the fireball um you know uh, active ability and he's you know say he's got another nature that's like you know pyromaniac or something like that so maybe his his fireballs are a lot more deadly than you know your typical fireball magic user all of these elements these three elements of a character the two natures and the and the active ability feed into how we're developing how the ai actually works so there's there's kind of like a a a universal template that we're developing for each ai so be it a wolf or a zombie or you know like just just any sort of sort of fantasy character that you you can think of um other than the two main playable characters of course um they'll share this sort of ai system that we're developing that essentially um, feeds off this idea that these these little personality types, these natures, will affect their decision making um, ability, uh, their sort of objectives as creatures. You know, if they get into combat, do they want to run away? You know, are they are they loyal? Is loyalty, you know, uh, some some nature of of this character? Uh, sort of thing which 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 would then mean that you know rather than charging at us perhaps they actually move to to be in a defensive position for another uh, ai character and and that sort of thing um it sort of sounds a bit more technical than it really is but it's it's basically a system of rules that we've come up with to sort of work out how we want to structure uh, enemy ai in the game and so essentially it's going to have these modular components that are both 
you know, useful for the back end because it allows us to sort of cut and paste different um, personality types into characters and then just, you know, hit play and then they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll act a different way. They may have, um, you know, slightly different animations depending on whether or not they have certain natures um, and, and, and this is helping us sort of develop, you know, quickly develop um, different feeling enemies. But there's also this gameplay component as well and and the reason it's a gameplay component something that you'll be able to sort of get a read on when you fight uh, enemies and and focus on them you'll be able to sort of um, have this information be presented to you through the the user interface and stuff like that the reason we have this is because Irian the dragon her one of one of her core abilities like her her core ability on top of being able to run around and fight um, with a very similar sort of melee combat um, rule set to, to what Alec is going to have and, and what most characters will have. Um, it's not turn-based. This is a real-time combat sort of system. But Irian is this dragon with the special ability to to uh, create balance. And the way that this the way that this happens is she will have the ability to essentially uh, focus an enemy, extract from them um their nature and swap or force this upon another character and the reason this is important and the reason that i just sort of quickly explain how it's actually feeding into the ai you can take you know you can take courage or recklessness or or you know savagery or some such from a character whose other abilities allow them to be extremely deadly and threatening to the player party and have them sort of you know t- t- turn the tables and, and press them perhaps upon a character who is who is feeble or, or anxious or you know lo- looking to flee the battle or or is even just perhaps you know a couple of hits away from from death you know um, there could be some boss that's got some really strong features that um, you know, like a, like fearless or something like that, that is making him difficult to deal with. And so as, you know, in control of Irian, perhaps you focus your energy and extract this, this sort of element of their, like a soul, you know, like sort of, well, it really is their soul because it's part of the, the AI um, system and actually sort of cast that over perhaps to a character who's, you know, moments away from receiving a killing blow, um, by by Alec, who's who's being controlled by the AI, or, or you know, if you swap to them, or or that sort of thing. So the the way that this sort of um, sort of gives an extra layer of complexity to you know an otherwise fairly you know sort of standardized Zelda you know Zelda esque um, sort of combat system with, you know, being able to sort of dodge and, and, and parry certain enemies and, and be able to use melee weapons and, and that sort of stuff. Um, we're adding sort of this extra layer where in terms of who Irian is and how she looks at the world and how she interacts with it, it's almost this kind of puzzle of, of how can, how can we, assess these six seven enemies that are that are approaching us how can we take what makes them powerful how can we take what makes them dangerous and turn the tides in such a way that we can 
we can utilize this power. And this then brings us to the next sort of layer of how this works in the favor of the player. Um, it won't be uh, just sort of speaking about Alec now. Um, I have sort of referenced that he is essentially this, um, you know, he's an individual who's sort of like from a, from a, a combative background, you know, he's, he's a soldier, he's got um, you know, the, the stronger sort of melee uh, skill set of the two characters. Um, he's going to fight at this stage. Um, I like the idea of him actually fighting with, with a spear that he can sort of use to keep enemies, you know, at, at more than an arm's length or go in for extremely precise kills. And we are sort of also exploring the idea that he may be able to use his weapon to, to throw his spear. Um, kind of like Titan Souls, though, in that if you throw the spear and, you know, it gets into an enemy or hits like a critical point, you will still have to actually, you know, run up and, and, and grab it again. You know, he doesn't have like a lot of spears. He has the one weapon. Um, so there may be certain enemies that he needs to defeat using a ranged attack but it has to be a very calculated uh, effort that's something that we are exploring but um uh just sort of getting back to what i was saying in in the previous episode that i don't like the notion or i don't want to give the impression that alec is just this bulk soldier guy who does all the the physical combat and Irian, despite having this incredibly you know sort of nebulous you know, almost interdimensional power that she can sort of grab elements of who her character is and that's actually affecting the AI and 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 their decision-making and their abilities and that sort of thing and then just sort of casting it off or swapping to, you know, sort of gain advantage there, which suggests that she is quite, you know, quite a just a, a, a sort of a magic-based character, but she also has the capacity for melee combat if you wish. Um, there will be situations as per the needs of the story where you'll have to use both of these characters outside their element in order to overcome, uh, you know, the, the combative challenges and that sort of thing. But um, I never want to give this impression that Alec is just a, a straight-up melee fighter. So, um, and the reason I don't want to give that impression is because Though it may, it's probably the only feature that's not going to be quite ready for the technical test at this stage. Um, it could be something that gets developed, um, but just in, in terms of at the time of recording this, uh, I just don't want to uh, put out there that this will be part of the playable demo yet. Um, Irian's abilities, how it affects the AI and some other elements that we're going to talk about shortly will be in the test demo, but this particular element of Alex's character may not be ready yet. But essentially, as part of the story, uh, Alex certainly starts without any sort of magical affinity. And the reason we want that is because uh, not only does it suit the story and, and how his developing friendship with Irian sort of brings them onto this path where he makes sort of significant character change. But um, just in, in terms of the fact that you've got two playable characters and they've got two very different skill sets so that, you know, when you're on a certain character, you're going to, you have a certain goal that you prop, like you usually don't on the other. Um, you know, if, if you're Alec, you're probably on controlling Alec for a certain thing that you want to do to gain an advantage in combat. Or, you know, if, if you're on Eren, you might be wanting to use her, her power to, you know, st strip certain elements off her off another character or, or, you know, you might even just be sort of doing it to, to experiment and that sort of thing. But, um, the reason I'm just going to bring up real quickly 
Through the story, though, Alex starts without any particular magical affinity, um, sort of letting letting the player learn how to play the game and learn how to use each character in isolation. We will sort of reach a point through the story very early on in the experience, like just sort of towards the tail end of, of what I'm referring to as the tutorial uh, segment of the game. Um, Alec will... Something something happens with Alec, and he will gain this. He he, he will gain this sort of feature of his character. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't call him like you know gaining a magic power per se. But in a lot of respects, he does. And the reason, without sort of spoiling why any of this stuff happens, when Irian uses her ability to you know grab and change the the sort of nature of of an enemy um alec will have the option um the player will have the option of alec being able to use whatever the active ability was of those characters that got changed so you know in in layman's terms if if we've just changed a wizard if we've just sort of um sort of harnessed his energy and sort of manipulated it using Irian's unique power uh Alec essentially kind of he has this it's almost like like a like an echo or like a reverbing sort of effect um from her manipulating that person in that way and he sort of gains a, a, a temporary affinity with whatever whatever that that character's um you know special sort of context was so you know if it's a fireball um you know say say the wizard could cast fireballs cast fire magic um the way alec may gain sort of an advantage from that you know sort of echoing their their um special skills um you know his his weapon may do fire damage or he may even be able to actually just like cast out like a temporary uh, fireball, like a copy of that spell, essentially. It's it's a kind of it's almost like a spell stealing sort of effect, um, but it but it only happens when Irian, you know, because of Irian's abilities, because she's using this this um, you know very unique talent of being able to sort of change and manipulate the world to sort of gain advantage. Um, through, through story reasons that I won't be covering now, Alec essentially becomes an echo of, of what was, of what was just affected. Um, and then his, his, his capacity to sort of, you know, through, through the course of the game, we're hoping that, um, you know, as he, as he develops and harnesses this, this sort of newfound ability of his, um, he'll be able to sort of store up more of that energy, you know, be able to sort of hold more properties of, of different characters, um, at any given time and just be, be able to sort of you know have like a sort of a small repertoire of temporary skills that he can use um, and you may need to use those skills in order to defeat certain opponents that might be immune to you know certain elements or certain strategies sort of thing so you know we've we've got this we've got this in summary we've got this sort of you know this combat system very similar to to any sort of like zelda or or the witcher or or I guess even Assassin's Creed without being too heavy on the, the whole parrying thing that Ubisoft's doing, but um, essentially a melee combat system with the two characters, but each character sort of out of the tutorial phase of the game will have this this effect on, on how the AI work, and, and you'll be able to turn special features of, of unique enemies and, and that sort of thing um, 
into your own weapons, into your own advantage, and sort of um, essentially change the world in order to in order to sort of see see success and and complete your objectives. And just to wrap this up before we go to a bit of a break, um, how this will relate to the technical test demo that that I've been referring to, um, we want we want you guys to be able to. Um, play the game, play each character, and get a sort of feel for this this gameplay loop of of melee combat with with these these AI driven enemies, but but the AI has um, these you know sort of two passive and one active component, and your manipulation of those components can affect um, can can affect your your success in battle. Um, obviously, uh, later in the game. We, we want to encourage sort of very actively using that for this technical test. Um, you know, the, the, the combat scenarios will be such that you won't necessarily need to use um, either character's skills. Uh, we're very happy just to sort of flesh out the actual melee combat itself as well at this stage. But the AI components and this modularity that you can manipulate is already part of the prototype um, where it currently sits. Uh, so we do want to be able to present a fairly solid combat scenario as well as some other features that we'll get into after after a quick quick break shortly um but one one thing that i will highlight at this stage is that when you load into these combat scenarios it will be to either players irian or players alec um, at this stage we want to sort of reserve being able to switch between those two characters for um the for the vertical slice that will be sort of a better tutorialization of these elements uh wrapped in a in a narrative that will be sort of sliced from sort of the the end product um but but just at this stage just to sort of make it as as you know as as not not simple but as streamlined and and easy to sort of pick up and and explore and experiment with as possible for people playing the technical test uh you will be sort of handling one character or the other you will be able to play both uh just not be able to switch between them interchangeably while we're sort of um you know we really want the ai for the allied character to be as robust as possible and in order to do that um because you'll be able to switch between them more or less on the fly with a slight cooldown, we just want to ensure that the ai is able to switch gears like that as smoothly as possible but but also just because we we want you to be able to sort of see the cause and effect of these systems in isolation because they are a little bit um you know a little, little bit uh vague and and they are a little bit difficult to explain um especially since you know it's taken about 20 minutes or so to sort of get through that. So what we'll do now is um, just go for a quick break and then cover some of the other elements to expect from the core, you know, the, the game itself overall, but also just what what will be uh, upcoming in, in the technical test. So I will be back shortly.
before we get back into uh, the swing of things, uh, exploring more of the features of the game. Uh, just an explanation on today's intro tidbit, of course, referring to uh, World of Warcraft with with the uh, the wizard item, uh, the wizard oil, and the night fin soup. Uh, these were pretty essential items for uh, mage characters back in classic, and uh, I have been playing a little bit of that uh, sort of recently. Um, and, and in fact, I, I had recorded some material while I was playing through the sort of opening week of, of World of Warcraft Classic, and um, it's been quite a roller coaster. Um, not something I'm putting uh, as much time into as, as I actually thought that I would, um, but uh, some of that material might come together in, in a bit more of a, like a more magic uh, episode uh, later, because it, it has been an interesting uh, social experiment, uh, has been an interesting sort of uh, design throwback, but... Um, Putting that aside for now, we'll get back into the details of, of the other core gameplay loops, as well as what's going to be available in the technical test. So we've covered what's essentially the core combat loop, what's sort of uh, an interesting element of, of the two playable characters that sort of elevate them up beyond your, your sort of standard uh, action-adventure characters. So uh, both characters will be... Uh, quite capable in, in sort of melee physical combat if you wish to play that way. Um, there will be certain encounters where uh, you will need to sort of assess other elements of, of what you're actually fighting against to sort of come through and see victory. Uh, but those elements will be present on, on all characters in the game. All, all AI-driven characters will have uh, that sort of, you know, the two natures and, and some sort of ability. Um, and the ability may not necessarily be something like an actual spell, but... Um, you know, something that doesn't fit into the category of how uh, the nature system works. So, you know, the AI has essentially got these two layers that affect its decision-making and ability sets. Um, all character archetypes, like, you know, all beasts or all undead or all, you know, human combatants or, or what have you, like, they will have some sort of baseline uh, abilities of their own, much like Alec and Irian can both, you know, run around swing some melee weapons etc um, so there will be sort of elements of their personality that um, are not interchangeable and are not things that you can sort of take away from them but there will be sort of those core uh, characteristics that sort of incorporate their you know th their challenge what makes them tricky to fight what you know what you need to work with sort of thing so because these elements do persist on all characters of the game there will also be the opportunity to um, sort of, uh, and, and this will be more so in peaceful scenarios, but also depending on how you approach certain, um, you know, certain obstacles, uh, enemy camps and that sort of thing, there may be an opportunity to do some of this stuff outside of combat. But essentially what I'm referring to as social puzzles right now, which will be essentially the you know, the, the the puzzles that don't involve pushing blocks around a room or shooting arrows into, you know, stone eyes and, and like that, you know, the, those sort of puzzling elements, while they do have a place in this game, um, you know, they have a place in this game, both, both you know, physically and, and metaphorically. Um, there will be puzzles of other kinds, such as, you know, uh, roadblocks, um you know, trying to trying to pass into enemy territory through disguise and that sort of thing that will involve these social encounters that you will tackle as the characters, um, and and this will also at times incorporate Irian's ability to sort of expose the core elements of a person's you know character, 
sort of thing, as well as potentially, um, as I was suggesting, um, once Alec is able to sort of echo the characteristics of certain uh, enemies that that Irian has manipulated, NPCs and and that sort of thing, um, you may need to sort of inherit an ability in order to in order to resolve a non-combat um, um, scenario. So uh, while I don't have a particular example that, that I'm willing to explore now, because most of those sort of social puzzles will be very directly tied to uh, story progress, they will be very much, you know, the story isn't sort of continuing without you actually going into this uh, sort of thing. Um I'll, I'll sort of leave that off the table but but if if we do if we do have the time to implement it if if um, you know the development of levels and stuff is going forward very smoothly um, I do see the opportunity for potential Easter eggs to come from this system as well like say you you know manipulate some very specific sort of um, you know just sort of playing around with the world exploring Irian's power and, and how it can affect uh, NPCs and stuff like that it might lead to you know, you know sort of easter eggy sort of treasures um um as well but but that's obviously not not part of the not part of the technical test at this point um that's more about the actual core gameplay loops and and that sort of thing but suffice to say when i was referring last episode to uh systems that are reusable and reconfigurable for a variety of different situations i was more or less referring to uh the way that we have structured ai the rule sets that we've created for ai powered characters in the game world to interact with each other and with the player and this is presenting um, design space for us to uh, do a variety of different, um, you know, different encounters that, um, uh, like a lot of games, I don't think would be going so far to to really squeeze value out of the the code that they've created for, you know, say the melee system or or a certain you know magic magic system that sort of thing. Um, this is where we feel we can actually explore, despite our time limitations and team size limitations actually explore um things in a way that doesn't make those mechanics stale uh, they're just very much like a, okay cool here's this obstacle how do we use what we've got to to really um you know really really sort of knock this out of the park and and, and do something interesting you know it's 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 a it's a combat system and and a strategy system that is that is applicable to a variety of encounters but with that in mind also, uh, there is sort of one extra system that I do want to showcase, um, even if it's just a little bit rough in the technical test. Um, it will be part of the combat scenario um, sort of element, like the sort of little arena situation that, that will be part of the, the technical test. Um, but what we hope to do as well is is explore some of the actual teamwork mechanics that are part of the game. So obviously, obviously, I've talked a lot about how the story, uh, one of probably the the most central story pillar is the fact that these two characters from very different worlds come together, go on a journey, and and we're all better for it. You know, sort of thing. You know, lead lead to some save the world sort of stuff. Um, but the actual development of that friendship development of this uh, companionship between Alec and Irian um, a lot of games have tried to implement systems where you know you gain affinity with a character or you know influence or, or some such and it, it tends to be fairly binary it tends to be kind of like the Paragon Renegade sort of stuff of, of the 
of the Bioware series. Um, it's not always necessarily as on-screen and binary in that format. I know in the Witcher series, when you're sort of interacting with uh, Yennefer and um, and Triss, um, you can essentially earn their trust, earn their favour sort of thing, and it's not so on your screen, you know, such and such enjoyed that, such and such disliked that sort of thing. A lot of RPGs have gone that way. And I look at those systems and I'm kind of like, well, I've got one character, uh, you know, um, among a number of characters that you have relationships with in, in the game story, but you've essentially got this sort of core main character that is going through the adventure with you. A system of, you know, essentially gaining their favour, essentially having the same opinion as them doesn't quite suit. What what has sort of come from that, though, is this, is this dialogue-driven system that allows Alec and Erian to sort of express their intellect and express their problem-solving skills as a team. And I don't have a, a particular label for this system yet, so I'm just referring to it as the teamwork system or teamwork module. Um, and what this essentially is will be a system where upon approaching a certain obstacle, and this will be in the technical test, which is why we're sort of covering it now, um, there'll be an option of going into that combat scenario I've been talking about where you can be one or the other. But it will be a sort of before combat has started. So um, at this stage where we're thinking it will be something like uh, a camp of enemies that's sort of, you know, camping out in this certain area and you want to be able to pass through there, um, you know, go through this obstacle sort of thing. And essentially there'll be an opportunity while, you know, undetected by your enemies, Alec and Erian will be able to essentially brainstorm how they're going to go about dealing with this obstacle. So it's, it's a back and forth type of dialogue, um, kind of similar, I imagine, to how it was implemented in the Divinity uh, Divinity Original Sin and Divinity Original Sin 2, where you could have actual player-controlled um, characters in dialogue with each other, um, and they're actually sort of essentially uh, brainstorming how they're going to, to tackle something. In that game, it was sort of more to ex express their alignment, you know, express their recklessness, or, or ask for more reward, or, you know, threaten to kill someone, or, or, or what have you. In this system that we are developing, what this sort of... Uh, character moment affords you as a player is that through dialogue between the characters that you are controlling, uh, since it's not simultaneous control, you can essentially set for yourself, um, I suppose, not sub-objectives, but, 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 you know, sort of uh, little, little checkpoints in, in, I suppose, your plan to deal with what's happening in front of you. So uh, while we're still sort of putting together how this works, for the technical test, let's say the teamwork system, um, you can essentially decide upon whether or not you wish to stealth through, stealth through the camp, or perhaps get one of the characters to cause a distraction while the other, um, you know, does something. We, we will have some sort of we will have some sort of objective that's not just kill everyone. You know, there'll be a there'll be a mode where you can just jump straight into the combat um, using the this this particular level, this enemy encampment. And there will be another version of that in the technical test where you can approach it out of combat um, and and have, you know, sort of essentially that stealthy uh, sort of option available to you. But there will be some sort of objective that you do need to complete. And so there will be different ways of doing that. But the way that you come to the decision on how you want to approach it 
will be undertaken by the two characters who are going to carry it out. Um, this is something that we just want to explore because in a lot of games, something crazy will happen or, or a boss fight starts and your character, in terms of the context of the story and the game sort of thing, like it's your character always has like a perfect run of what's happening in the world around them. Um, you know, the character magically knows all the weak points on an enemy in terms of the internal logic and story of the game. And since a pillar is uh, a pillar of this game design is that we want the story and the gameplay to have this unity to them. This was something that we sort of came to as, as a way of, of dissolving that strange meta knowledge barrier between the player and the characters that they are controlling. So essentially Alec and Irian will sort of discuss privately how they wish to tackle the objective. You, the player will decide for each character what they want, to do you know what sort of uh, points of interest they highlight kind of like in a stealth game where you're sort of with your binoculars tagging enemies and all that sort of stuff it's more a conversational version of that where you're sort of making up the plan on the spot but in character as those characters speaking together and once you've decided on that uh, framework how you're going to tackle the the objective in that enemy encampment this will then set um for the sort of scenario manager that's working in the background of the game, what your what your essential like quest objectives are. So you can essentially, you know, you can fail in your own objectives, your own plan of attack, but still succeed in the actual mission itself. It's more about rewarding how you want to play out a scenario. So if you want to do it stealthy, cool. If you complete that, you will get a bonus you know, you, you like, well, in, in the actual full game, you know, you, you would get bonus character progression and that sort of thing from that. Uh, for the technical test, it's just to sort of show how one scenario can be tackled a number of ways. The characters will decide on it together how they want to do it, and you as the player are going to be the, um, the reason that they pick a certain uh, action. And, and this will extend this will extend where possible to uh, those social encounters that I was referring to you know characters may get lost in a certain city and they need to sort of decide you know where they want to go to find information or you know like that sort of thing um, this is this is the other sort of core system that we are developing for the game that has like wide spanning application within the overall narrative and we don't feel like it's going to be a particularly um, like a mechanic that can sort of get stale over time because, because essentially it's a dialogue system and it's going to be the core dialogue system of our game that has decision-making elements to it um, because, you know, Alec is a cert is written in a certain way and Irian is written in a certain way, but the way that they play through the game parts of the game, um, that's up for you to decide because, you know, as a player, we're the ones you know, the, the player is the one taking the action, making the choices, and we want to sort of empower different ideas um, through this sort of teamwork system. So in summary for the the technical test, we're obviously going to have the combat. You'll be able to pick one character or the other to sort of be your primary avatar for the combat experience. And that's just more so to just have, you know, enemies on alert. You can see how the AI works um, in combat and just purely in combat. And then there will, there will also be this module um, that is basically that same scenario, but one that you are allowed to approach on your own terms and have a different objective to just kill everyone in sight sort of thing. Um, of course, we'll give the options for, for players to sort of choose 
you know, if they wish to tackle it in that way, by all means. Um, but uh, there, there will be different, you know, things that the two characters can brainstorm together uh, sort of thing. And, and obviously, to a lesser extent, um, if, if it's not been made obvious, uh, the ability to sneak up upon enemies and deal with them and the rules that we want to have in place for a, a kind of a realistic, a more realistic take on stealth than we've seen in, in certain games, which we'll, we'll elaborate on. Uh, a little bit later, that is also going to be an element of of that sort of modified, you know, teamwork module and version of of the game demo uh, play space. This episode, we've had a pretty good look at uh, what what's to come in the technical test, of course, but um, because that is reflecting what I'm considering the core. Uh, gameplay loops, um, the sort of the, the core theming uh, aspirations for for the game, how we're sort of taking elements of the story, which we haven't really touched on yet, uh, but will be coming in in an episode shortly. Uh, but essentially, how that sort of trickled in and informed uh, where we want to take certain uh, design elements for for the combat and non-combat stuff. Um, so I hope I hope that that's given an understanding of of what we think is going to make this game a little bit a little bit different and what to expect from uh, the technical test but with that in mind we're going to wrap up today's episode uh, thank you very much for listening and i hope that uh, having covered this you'll have a bit of a stronger understanding of what to expect in terms of our um, game design ideals the direction this is taking with the with the unified story and the game plan and, uh, and with the characters. Um, so with that said, uh, next episode we're going to explore some of the core narrative, how the broader story strokes establish uh, the game world and get the story going, as well as a few additional gameplay-related things that we need to cover uh, just to eliminate any misconceptions about what to expect from uh, you know, the vertical slice and, and, and the game moving forward. So in any case, thank you very much for tuning in. I am Dark Magic. This has been Episode 2 of Cast Magic, and I hope you have a pleasant day. Bye.